Welcome back to Inside the Kentucky Derby, where, uh, D, I think we finally got some questions answered this past weekend. Kevin Kirstein, Darren Rogers here with you again on Inside the Kentucky Derby. And before we get going with our answers to those questions, of course, we want to thank our friends over at Woodford Reserve who help make this podcast possible. Woodford Reserve, of course, with more than 200 flavor notes in every sip. Woodford is a spectacle for the senses. Please enjoy responsibly. Darren, I think our biggest question got answered this weekend in South Florida, where the return of champion Forte was dazzling, and he stamped himself as the favorite on the road to the Kentucky Derby. Yeah, what a nice three-year-old debut. Uh, Todd Pletcher couldn't ask for anything more. Uh, Very professional. Uh, Clearly the horse to beat on the road to the Derby, although I'll be contrarian. Somebody has to be, right? I, I was going to save this for the, for the last. Go ahead. Be, be contrarian. I like this. Well, no, it's just we have to remember he's dynamic at a mile and a 16th. That's what we do know. That's the answer. Uh, will he continue to progress? Be as dynamic at a mile and eighth, let alone a mile and a quarter. But that's the only knock I have, by the way. The only knock. And, that's, and it's not really a knock. It's more of let's just keep our feet on the ground. Don't get too excited just yet. But Forte is the horse to beat. He's the champion. Came back, uh, made headlines, and and looked spectacular. And then I think out west, you know, uh, Arabian Night um, is is just as fast. And the others are catching up. You know, the others are progressing uh, along the way, but. Uh, what a nice victory in the Fountain of Youth for Forte. Here is a stretch call for Forte in that Fountain of Youth. Mages three wide, but a big presence four wide in the form of Forte. Four across the course as they straight for home. Out in the center, Forte tries to overhaul Cyclone Mischief, who's very game, but Forte's very good. As a three-year-old, he debuts with an easy victory in the Fountain of Youth stakes. Here's your two-year-old champion. Here's Forte geared down. Rocket Cam second, Cyclone Mischief third, Mage ran well, he was fourth, Shadow Dragon to complete your high five in 143 flat, he's back. <laughs> he I is love, back. I love that end of the call from, from Pete I.L. He is back, and uh, yeah, that was a that was a fun race. That was uh, good to see him come back. And, you know, Rocket Can, Cyclone Mischief, I think, you know, out of the second and third place finishers, I was glad to see Cyclone Mischief uh, sort of ran to who we saw him in that allowance race a couple starts back. And, you know, he just adds some flavor whenever Dale Romans is on the road to the Derby. So, you know, I think he takes a step forward and likely to the Florida Derby next for him and uh, and Rocket Can. And so it's, uh, you know, I think a solid effort from those contenders down in South Florida. Yeah, you know, you had the long shot, dangerous ride from the 10 hole, go out fast, along with the Cyclone Mischief. They went 24 flat, 47 and three. It was an honest pace. Forte was tucked down on the inside, kind of getting a a pocket trip from fourth and fifth down the backstretch. About halfway down the backstretch, he moved to the four path, waited uh, his time, and then leaving the turn, he tipped out four wide. And I was starting to think at first, does he have it? But boy, he started lengthening that stride, uh, a few cracks of the whip from Arad Ortiz uh, Jr. And he really spurted clear like the champion he is, is. And then inside that final 16th, I love looking, if you watch the replay, look at his ears, his ears. He's waiting for Ortiz to give him another command. I'll do whatever you want, but uh, 
nice stepping stone, 143 flat. Yeah, absolutely. And so that'll lead him, of course, into, you know, the top of everyone's derby picture leading up to this first Saturday in May. Still one more prep to go for him, but all systems seemed like he's the king of South Florida right now. And then out West, we had practical move returning for Tim Yachtin and making his three-year-old debut successful in the San Felipe. At the top of the stretch, Hijazi, practical move, cuts the corner now to challenge him in second. Three back to Fort Bragg and Skinner. Down at the rail, go Rocket Ride is running on valiantly, but it's practical move coming past the 16th pole in command. And practical move, another big effort from him under Ramon Vasquez, wins the San Felipe. Go Rocket Ride, Skinner rounded out the, the top three, and Hijazi, who was pretty keyed up early and ended up settling for fourth in there. And uh, it was good to see, you know, practical move return back. We saw, you know, sort of what he was as a two-year-old in that low South futurity had the planned layoff and now adds himself to that West coast picture on the road to the Derby and, and go rocket ride and Skinner, you know, two very lightly experienced Colts. I thought ran well in their own rights. They just were second and third best. Well, first of all, hats off to Tim Yachtin with practical move. You know, we said it on the last podcast. What a fun horse. He's been, um, you know, he's the natural Yachtin runner. The race, let's face it, it it changed uh, the complexion early on when National Treasure uh, was scratched on the uh, morning of the race uh, with a bruised foot. It sounds like it's a minor setback, uh, could resurface uh, uh, shortly. But, um, you know, the complexion of the race did change there. And practical move. you know, his victory in the low South futurity, we questioned what he beat. Um, I know we beat a good horse yesterday or uh, rather on Saturday, uh, in go rocket ride, go rocket ride to go from six furlongs to eight and a half furlongs in his first attempt running hard, uh, most of the way, uh, as you said, Hijazi, uh, made the running, but go rocket ride was, was there throughout. Uh, ran very hard, but practical move and his stride. He's, he looks like he's going to want to continue to go on uh, every bit of the uh, mile eighth of the, the Santa Anita Derby. And, um, you know, Skinner came in and ran third. Skinner is pace dependent. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we said it the other day. He's a little bit of a plotter. You know, he's going to make that run from behind They'll have to encounter traffic trouble in a big field, but he is totally, he's talented, but he's dependent on the pace, much like uh, last year's Derby winner in, in the rich strike. Um, but, uh, you know, the top four, I wouldn't mind seeing run again, you know, under the right scenarios, go rocket ride the runner up. I think has a ton of talent, Richard Mandela is very conservative. So for him to throw him to the wolves, so to speak off of, um, you know, in just his second start against this type of talent, that was a very nice effort. He was beaten two and a half lengths by a better horse in practical move, but he has every right to continue to progress and improve. And that's the thing I think we, and and a lot of people forget about, you know, with the road to the Derby and Derby contenders at this stage, you know, horses are allowed to lose. They're allowed to be defeated. And so I think that's why, you know, you sort of get always get the now horses that are taking more attention, but when horses lose, 
and they have legitimate excuses or legitimate questions of why they lost, I think that makes a difference. And go Rocket Ride, even though he did not win, he has a lot of upside moving forward, and he answered a lot of those questions going into the race of, you know, can he stretch out? What would Richard Mandela do with him as conservative as he is with a lot of his horses? And he, he certainly showed that he's a legit contender on the West Coast, but the horse that you mentioned a few minutes ago, Darren, is, you know, Arabian Night, and, you know, how would they stack up against Arabian Night? That's obviously, you know, just, you know, thinking towards the future. Maybe he just, on, he looks, he looks freaky to yeah. me, you know, based off of the, 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 what, two starts that we've seen him. Mm-hmm. He's just a little bit of a freak. And you saw, you know, we had the, the, the question mark of the, the weather out in Southern California. Um, they're spacing his races probably because he doesn't keep the weight on. Um, he came back with the first breeze and what? 59 and change yeah, so he's, right off uh, the bait. Yeah. So, Nothing wrong with him, but again, yeah, if he is on the different level than these levels, they're, they're good horses, but you know, maybe they're not quite to his, his level. A practical move, very professional. I mean, to track down on the inside of the speed, uh, wait for the opening, the command of Ramon Vasquez at the top of the stretch, when he just drops his hands, you know, it opened up for him, but the, the, the stride and the reach that he showed down the lane was very impressive. Will it be enough to catch a horse like Arabian Night? Yeah, uh, we'll we'll see. Maybe in about you know four weeks. Yeah, we'll see. You know where Arabian Night shows up next. If he would face Practical Mover, they're going to have to wait till their matchup here in Louisville on the first Saturday in May. Now we go across the country to Queens, New York, and Aqueduct, where in the Gotham Stakes, if you were right, you definitely got paid in here. Raise Kane. For Ben Colebrook and the team, paid $49 to win the one-mile Gotham Stakes. Mel Road has got the lead at the top of the stretch. Up on the outside, it's Eyeing Clover, who's ready to challenge. Eyeing Clover to the outside of Carmel Road, and they are lined up here on the grandstand side. Up on the far outside, General Banker, and from out of it, Ray's Kane has taken the lead. It's Ray's Kane, who's come from the back of the field, has now passed them all. Ray's Kane is well clear inside the final 16th. Ray's Kane is going to draw away and win the Gotham. It's Ray's Kane over Slip Mahoney, who had a late run as well. Then a photo eyeing Clover is there with General Banker in one minute, 38.09 seconds. Ray's Kane showed up from his uh, turf way form and made it prove up in New York. Again, as we well documented last week, Darren, it's a one mile race. You know, horses are good horses not quite maybe derby contenders at this time, but gives them a stepping stone to maybe prove themselves next time out on the championship series. And it gives Ray's Kane every right to either return in the wood or the bluegrass to, uh, you know, try and test the waters on heavier competition. Yeah. We had the, you know, the two, how great is Nate drop the rider at the start. And um, so you had that, I always get nervous when you have that loose horse, yeah, especially it, and, running up on the outside and with the leaders. And he was pretty involved within that. He was involved. He was involved. We did know we were confident that there would be a, a fast pace in here. And, and there was a fast pace as Carmel road uh, led the way with, uh, uh, you know, general banker being in the mix. Uh, the race set up nicely for Ray's Kane on the outside. I was involved uh, with a wager on uh, slip Mahoney, uh, who only finished seven and a half lengths back. Yeah. yeah in second. <laughs> I mean, yeah. but Ray's Kane really, um, appreciated the trip. Um, you know, was, was nicely positioned and, uh, 
came storming down the track. It was a little bit of a, a, a muddy track that was sealed. Uh, he relished it. Um, you know, it's a one turn mile, the Gotham secretariat being the last Derby winner in 1973. That might be safe. It, it's yes. Uh, although race Kane is a very nice horse. Uh, and it came back fast, came back fast. Uh, it, the funny part about this was running into Ben Colbrook at Turfway later that night. And Ben watched this race in an Uber on the way to JFK airport because he was afraid that he would miss his flight back to Turfway. So he saddled the horse, watched the race in the Uber and then made his way over to JFK, uh, to fly back in for the Bataglia stakes, which ended our night in the nightcap and congruent showed that he could return to form on the tapita surface at Turfway and Sonny Leone came back home to Turfway to win the John Battaglia Memorial Stakes. Landing, launching up after the lead. Bromley still fighting on. Three deep down the center of the track. Here comes Congruent, and Congruent makes it three across the course. They're inside the final 16th, and up top, it is Congruent who's going to draw away. Congruent was brilliant in the Battaglia. One under wraps, and he won it by three in the end. Scooby Quando with a good effort to be second, then Bromley and Moon Landing. Congruent, Sonny Leone in one forty-three flat. It was a fun homecoming for Sonny, who had a bunch of fans out the winter circle. His family was there, so it was cool to see Sonny come back to Turfway. And this was another race, Darren, that was very hot, contested pace and seemed to set up perfectly for this horse. Yeah, new face on the scene, and uh, it was very uh, positive for my Twin Spires account. Oh, there you go. With uh, Antonio uh, Asano, <coughs> excuse me, bringing this horse in, was racing on turf down in South Florida, uh, looked for the new face. We thought there would be a hot pace in there. There was, um, with, uh, American speed and eyes on the King leading the way 22 and four, um, 45 and four really set it up for, uh, you know, the grayer roan horse who, uh, uh, just sat in the clear near the back of the pack. And, you know, when he, when the time came for the run, he appreciated the, uh, uh, the tapita surface and, Paid $35 to win at yeah. 16 to one uh, beat Scooby Quando, who is the, uh, uh, local horse that, uh, won at first asking what the, the Leonidas stakes. He won the, the turfway preview, the preview, the preview, yeah, the turfway preview back in January. And yeah, he sat behind a wall of horses at the top of the stretch, almost in last. And he came rallying for second. So, uh, yeah, he's one to watch from up there, but congruent was definitely the best that night. I think my favorite part about the race wasn't really even, you know, watching congruent on the track. It was hearing Jimmy McNerney make some Mike Battaglia isms in his call, uh, as Mike's father was of course the namesake of this race, who was a long time GM up at Latonia and Turfway Park and the Battaglia family has a rich history up at Turfway. And so, uh, it was cool to see Jimmy do that, but yeah, congruent adds himself to the scene. Wouldn't be surprised if he stays up in Florence for the Jeff Ruby stakes in just a couple of weeks, which, uh, turned out to be a heck of a field up there. So congruent. I'm glad you were right. Glad your twin spires account. That was a nice one. That was a nice one. A $35 horse uh, makes up for a lot of losers (laughs) on the way. Right. Um, It's not going to be easy for congruent in the, in the Jeff Ruby stakes. Uh, Todd Pletcher has major dude um, who of course is a, a a, a multiple graded stakes winner on the turf, won the pilgrim and the kitten's joy last time out. 
major dude looks like he's going to try the uh, tapita surface for the Jeff Ruby stakes for Spendthrift Farm. Some others are waiting in the wings. I know Wadsworth is up there for uh, Brad Cox. Uh, what fantastic again for Wesley Ward. The Jeff Ruby stakes going to make an impact on uh, this year's uh, road to the Derby, much like it did last year. Yeah, Rich Strike came out of uh, the Pataglia, ran fourth, and uh, came back and won the Derby at eighty-one to one. So uh, who knows uh, what can happen uh, from the Jeff Ruby st- or into the Jeff Ruby stakes, which will be on March the twenty-fifth up at, at Turfway, and of course the road to the Kentucky Oaks uh, Championship Series continued this weekend. Uh, Darren, we had um, the uh, the Devona Dale, uh, very, Dorth Vader, Dorth Vader, big odds, big, uh, big exactor in that race. Uh, yeah. that was cool to see for Mike Yates, a, a homebred for the owner. Uh, red carpet ready was disappointing in third. Uh, but Dorth Vader now adds her name to the road to the, uh, the Kentucky Oaks. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I don't have much to add other than, uh, you know, uh, I I was disappointed in red carpet ready. I thought, uh, was in perfect position. Uh, it was a horse that I was backing, um, faded. The distance looked like it might've caught up with red carpet ready. And then she booty won the, uh, Busanda up at aqueduct. Yep. Uh, or the busher, excuse me, up at aqueduct for, for Chad Brown. He ended up running one, two in there. Uh, asset purchase finished second. And then at Turfway, uh, Botanical won the Cincinnati Trophy, uh, who's a very impressive filly for the, the Cox team. Not sure where she'll end up if she'll run back quickly uh, at Turfway or if she'll end up at Keeneland in the Ashland. And then the rerun, uh, Santa Isabel, which was canceled and postponed. Uh, Faiza didn't earn any points, still under the care of Bob Baffert, won that. Uh, and so that's where we stand on the road to the Kentucky Oaks championship series. Yeah. Four in a row for Faza. Um, and, um, it's a shame. She's not eligible for points. It looks like a nice Philly. Yeah. Nice Philly. Uh, figures didn't come back all that fast, but, uh, she's certainly passed the eye test in her recent starts. Yeah. You know, we're going to have the road to the Kentucky uh, Derby, uh, uh, future wager, <laughs> the Kentucky Derby future wager pool five comes up this coming weekend, March uh, 10th through the 12th concurrently we'll be running the lone Oaks, uh, Philly, uh, road to the <laughs> road to the Oaks, the Kentucky Oaks future wager. Easy for us to it say. It is. I've, I've got so much on my mind right now. We're yeah. getting Derby brain, uh, Ugh. eight and a half weeks out, but, um, the committee met this morning. We'll be releasing the fields uh, for those, uh, both races, on Tuesday, and we have full fields of, of 39. The Derby was not easy. No, it we wasn't. Had to, we had to narrow it down. We had, uh, you know, uh, 50-something contenders. We had to get it down to uh, 39 plus the all others. And the same with the Oaks. We were able to find the Oaks. And I can tell you, the Oaks field doesn't come back uh, fast. You know, like a lot of the speed figures there are, um, they're not brilliant. Like some of the cults. I mean, just in general. Who and that was just a, that was just in a comment with with, with Faza, who of course would yeah. be a part of the all others. But um, you know, if I was going to look at the Oaks right now, the fastest figure might be the Michael McCarthy train, clearly unhinged. Yeah, who hasn't um, returned yet? Right? Who hasn't returned yet? Uh, won her debut sprinting, going six and a half furlongs on February the fifth. Uh, did breeze, uh, you know, like it's working towards something, but, um, 
you know, that horse ran fast. And of course you have the champion wonder wheel who will probably, um, needed the last race when she was upset by dreaming of snow, uh, down in the sun coast, um, at, at Tampa Bay downs with Julia shining third. So I would expect this Oaks picture to come together, but, um, you know, no real standout there. No, you, I mean, you got Hoosier Philly who ran third and her return as a three-year-old. You've a got, blah third, let's uh, face right, it, because I'm a big fan of hers. Yeah. I didn't, I don't like saying that, but no, it was a blah. It, it sure was. Pretty mischievous, won the race, and uh, she's a very nice Philly, but I think, you know, on this road to the Kentucky Oaks, there really isn't one standout. I mean, there quite possibly will be after uh, we run the next, you know, few weeks in this championship series of course the ashland is a, a very key race santa anita oaks so, so uh you know nothing right now and what but, does todd pletcher do with like a money's gold yeah who who was so fast winning by 14 and a half in her debut in monmouth last june came back and won by six and a quarter against state bread both of those are sprints five and six furlongs does he give her an opportunity to go two turns does he keep her at one turn the, the the difference between the road to the Oaks and the Derby, it, it, it you don't have to prepare the horse. Um, you know, you're only going nine furlongs. Mm-hmm. So you can see a horse go from seven eighths of a mile into the, it's a perfect in, example into the of like what's going on in Florida right now. You know, the Devona Dale was only a mile race and yeah. you heard, you know, Rusty Arnold said pre-race, you know, this Philly's pedigree, no problem stretching out, but she's only gone, you know, six, six and a half, seven furlongs. And so that's, you know, sprinting distance. If you're talking Derby contenders at this stage, but it really isn't that big of a difference for the Oaks. Oaks contenders. So yep. that's, what's going on on the road to the Kentucky Oaks. We'll have all those fields and we'll go through them on Thursday's episode of inside the Kentucky Derby. Did you see anything else this weekend that caught your eye anywhere? I really didn't. No, no, that was about it for me. Um, the, yeah. you know, classic catch, uh, re-entered the, the picture. Um, oh, well, hold on. I, yes, there was Hold on. classic catch. Of course, re-entered the, the picture for Todd Pletcher. Um, winning a, a first level mile and eighth uh, allowance down at Gulfstream Park on Thursday, uh, beat Mr. Ripple. Speed figure came back okay. Cairo was an impressive winner of the patent uh, on the European road to the Derby for Aiden O'Brien. That horse will use that race last Friday as a springboard to the UAE Derby. And that could be interesting because you have a horse like uh, Japan's Perrier in there, maybe the Saudi Derby winner. Um, uh, what is it? Derma Kogate. Yeah. There's, uh, or not the winner. No, the, sorry. Finished third, third, but using that as a stepping stone um, to the mile and three sixteenths over at uh, Maidan. Uh, you have uh, 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 Doug O'Neill with a couple of horses over at the, in Dubai in tall boy and odd G's. They're going to compete in there. It's going to be an interesting UAE Derby that obviously will have an impact uh, where the top two finishers could accrue points for consideration in the Derby field. Absolutely. All that's coming up at the end of the month. And, you know, next weekend, the action heads down to Tampa Bay and the Tampa Bay Derby tap at Triche will return down there at Tampa to face several contenders, but he will be the standout favorite in the Tampa Bay Derby. Looking forward to that. In fact, if I had to, you know, you've heard me wax poetic about Forte and Arabian night, I'd probably put tap at Triche in a third hole. If, if you asked me to, um, those two would be a's, he might be my B 
But to me, it's a clear B. Uh, he's more of a B plus type of horse. I, I'll be interested to see how he uh, uh, progresses. So if he's a B plus at this stage right now, the Derby is run tomorrow. Is the separator Forte and Arabian Night? You got to pick one. Who would you pick? Arabian Night. Wow. Just because I'm always gonna uh, the the odds You're will be better. Yeah. The odds will be better. Yeah, I think. I don't know. That's, I don't know. It's very interesting. I mean, the odds, it's the fixed odds that we see offered at the sports books out in Vegas. It's, it's Forte. Both of them but, have been brilliant. Yeah. Uh, Arabian night has that freak factor just a little bit, but I love the ears on Forte with the comeback. I mean that, and the reach of his stride. That's a tough one. I'm glad I don't have to make that decision today, KK. We certainly don't. Darren's <laughs> don't freak have to factor. Make it today. I like that. We can come back with your freaky five, as we've heard on Inside Churchill Downs for the last year. Well, but when they appear, we'll we'll we'll, we'll, we'll tip the hand. <laughs> if you want to uh, tip the hand to us, we would appreciate a uh, review on all of our podcast platforms. Five stars for our four star performance, and mm-hmm. uh, today feels like a four star. Maybe I don't know. Four. Don't I get a five for, for congruent? Yeah, you get a $35 horse. That was 35. Yeah. Cha-ching. Cha-ching. Come on, man. Come on. I'm, I'm tough. Wins are hard to come by. Yeah, they are. It's a hard. tough game. It is a tough game. And when you get. That's why we love it. When you have one that pays 35, that makes up for a lot of the losses. Whenever you can hit withdraw on that Twin Spires account instead of deposit, that's always a good sign. It was a fun weekend. Yeah. It was a fun weekend. Solid weekend. And we'll uh, have some more to talk about here later this week on Inside the Kentucky Derby. We'll be back Thursday to preview the Tampa Bay Derby and all else that'll be going on this weekend. Thanks for listening to Inside the Kentucky Derby. Yeah,